0: We discern deceptive teaching. I want to say this one of the ways you discern deceptive teachers is to ask a few questions. I'm not gonna just give you a few and, and I'll just leave the rest to you. One of the questions you should ask is Does the doctrine or teaching lead us away from our devotion to Christ? That's one of the things I think you should always ask because, as I said, that's the devil's intention okay so always ask yourself: it doesn't matter if it's a deep teaching it doesn't matter if it's a uh, uh, an exciting teaching does it move you away from devotion to christ any idea any philosophy any doctrine that moves you away from your love of christ or your devotion to christ is deception it doesn't matter how exciting it is it doesn't matter how many people are in the auditorium it doesn't matter does it move you away from your devotion to the lord jesus christ and your commitments to him secondly is the teaching based on the word of God is it based on the scriptures you know Jesus who is the word when he the word became flesh the Bible says he preached the word Jesus preached the word the Apostles preached the word the early church preached the word even where they were persecuted in Acts eleven nine, 9 it says that the early church went about preaching the word philip preached the word paul preached the word and paul told young timothy a young pastor preach the word second timothy 4 2 says preach the word be ready in season and out of season it's all about the, the word now i know sometimes people will take doctrines from the word and they will twist it so that is why you have to know the word really really well i'll come to that in a minute the teachings and doctrines shouldn't be based on the ideas of man or the culture of a society. You see, you and I, we, are, we belong to a higher culture. It's the kingdom culture. The kingdom of God. That's why Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. We are kingdom folk. And we have kingdom principles that, that you and I should live by. We have a kingdom culture. You want to know that kingdom culture? Check out Matthew chapter 4, uh, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. It will blow your mind. I believe every Christian should try and read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 at least once a month to remind you of how God expects us to live, the culture of the kingdom. It's not just the culture of the, of the time. That's why, you know, if, you're, if, if you're, the teaching is... Teachings morph and, and they evolve, and 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 before people were clearly against same sex marriage, but now a lot of religious leaders are saying, Why not? and some churches are allowing it. But what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? It's not just because of changing times. The Bible says his word is the same, it's an unchanging word because he is unchanging. Somebody say hallelujah. When the word of God is preached, folks, when the teaching is preached, you should notice certain things. You should notice correction. You should notice rebuke. Yes, I said rebuke. You should notice encouragement, exhortation. You should notice instruction for righteousness. Why am I saying that? Let me give you the scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of who? God. It's given by God, right? All scripture, it says, and it's profitable. It's beneficial for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, these things should be seen in teachings. Every church should be, you should have Churches where there's exhortation, encouragement, uplifting people, motivating people, it should be there. But there should be correction. There should be reproof. If you are preaching the full counsel of God, there has reproof, is rebuke. In this day and age, people will say, who do you think you are that you're telling me what to do? I am your pastor, praise God. But Bible says the scripture is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness. And verse 17 says, could you go to 17, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has plans concerning you. And the only way you can fulfill your purpose in God is if you, the Word of God is doing its work inside of you, correcting you, encouraging you, uh, building you up. It's to make you complete, mature, praise God. 2 Timothy 4, 2, Paul said, preach the Word. Then he said, convince, rebuke, exhort. That is what you should be seeing. I remember a well-known man of God, made this uh, statement and he was saying that it's incredible, you know, he's got so much teaching on on prosperity and he also has teaching on the fruit of the spirit. And he said that, that anytime he has everything out at the conferences, people just gravitate towards the prosperity and they forget the rest. Because when you're dealing with the fruit of the spirit and it begins to, you're dealing with certain character issues, you know, but we need to be corrected when there is need for correction. We need it. We need it, folks. And the word of God does it. Now, I'm not saying that it always has to come from the front. Sometimes you're spending time alone with God in your quiet time, and the Holy Spirit will correct you. You shouldn't have said that. Just last night, I mean, this morning, I was confessing my sins to God. He was correcting me. I'm not telling you what the sin was, praise God. (laughs) But the point I'm making is that he was rebuking me and in a gentle way you know it's not to put you down and to 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 make you go through condemnation that's the other thing sometimes people think if you're going through correction or rebuke it means it's automatically condemnation no it's the conviction of the holy spirit sin is a bad thing and the holy spirit will convict you of sin and so you may feel bad for a season but as soon as you get convicted you confess it you repent from it the bible says he forgives you of all your sins and cleanses you from all unrighteousness are you hearing what i'm saying so it has to be the word it has to be the word you know many will choose who they want to hear and, and what they want to hear and it leaves out a whole section of scripture but god wants the full counsel of god the full counsel of god folks sometimes the word of god is uncomfortable sometimes the word of god is an offense sometimes it's an offense a lot of churches this day and age they don't want to offend anybody but the word of god itself can be an offense peter says it's an offense a rock that offense you know that's (laughs) paul do you know that that guy was that bloke was stoned a few times and you know why he was stoned because of the message he preached people were offended and they stoned him and they even left him for dead Peter and John were thrown into prison because they healed somebody in the name of Jesus, and they were proclaiming Jesus, and the Sadducees were offended. So be careful if the only teaching you hear, there is nothing that pricks you in the heart. When Peter preached the first sermon on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the people were cut to their hearts. They were They were convicted. And they said, what shall we do to be saved? Some people will say, what shall we do to be saved? And other people will throw stones at you. But the message is the message. Now, I'm not saying that you come here and then you should deliberately try and offend everybody in the church. Of course not. The message itself can be an offense. Amen? The Bible says it's foolishness to those who are perishing. To those who are, who are being saved, it's, it's the power of God. But it can be an offense. That's the point I'm trying to make. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, and this is important. You see, I believe it's always good to go to a church where there's balanced teaching, where it's not just, you know, it's not just uh, fluff. You know what the foundational teachings of Christ are? There's six foundational teachings that Hebrews talks of. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says, leaving the discussion of the elementary or the basic principles of Christ. These are elementary principles. It says, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation. Now, this is the foundation of the elementary. Repentance from dead works, that's one. It's foundational. Two, faith towards God. Then verse 2 says, doctrine of baptism. The baptism, water baptism. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of suffering. Then Then four, laying on of hands. Just a few months ago, I did a series on laying on of hands. And and you know, honestly, that was the first time I ever taught it. But that is supposed to be basic. Then it goes on. So the first four are about living here on earth, life here on earth. Then the last two concern eternity, resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead. And eternal judgment. That's about the hereafter. And you know, many churches don't talk about the judgment, eternal judgment. Many churches don't talk about the resurrection of the dead. And yet, this is the basic teaching of Christ. The basic teaching. I tell you, when you know this foundation, you know that that there's a resurrection of the dead, the righteous dead, as well as that wicked dead or the unrighteous dead, and that there's eternal judgment for Christians and non-Christians, it will determine how you live your life here on earth you will live every day with eternity in mind. It has to be the word. Are we preaching the word? Are we listening to the word? You you have to ask yourself these questions. Ask, is the teacher preaching Christ? How can we protect ourselves from deception? And this is what I'm ending with. How can you and I protect ourselves from deception? I heard that the, the easiest way, actually those who are into identifying counterfeit money. You know what they do? They train them to have an eye to identify real money. That's how they're able to quickly identify the counterfeits. When you're doing something counterfeit, you, want it to make, you, you try to make it look like the real. But those who are experts, they have an eye for the real. So how do we inoculate ourselves against deception? The safest insurance and protection against deception is knowing the word of God. I'm telling you, that is the most important. Now, of course, I'll say go to a Bible-believing, a word-based church. That is important because the word you're going to hear is also, those are all important. But essentially, you have to know the word of God for yourself. That is the best way. Because sometimes the devil will even use the word and use it in a wrong way. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil? The Bible says that um, when uh, Jesus was each time saying, it is written, it is written. And, and then the devil changed his tactics and also quoted scripture, but wrongly. But Jesus then counted with another scripture, you've got to know the word. Now you've got to know the word. I don't know if there was an easier way I would give it to you. But to be able to have a discerning heart concerning what is right and wrong, you've got to know the word. You know, p- Paul was talking to Timothy about deception, and he referenced the word. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.13. He says, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Verse 14, but you, Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And then verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in jesus christ and then verse 16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of god he was referencing the word And notice what he says here. Paul is encouraging Timothy to continue the things that he has learned and the things that he has been assured of. So he's saying, look, you got to stick to the word. And he even goes on and says, you have to remember who you have learned it from. Folks, we need to have spiritual fathers. That's another sermon in itself. But the point I'm making is that you have to know the source of what you're learning are they walking in integrity? You have to have, know that source. And, 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 Tim, and Paul is encouraging Timothy. And notice he said, and also the things you have learned from your childhood. Parents, you got to give your children the word of God. It is not the duty of the church to bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. The church has a role to play. Amen. But the real the real burden is on every single parent. That is why I believe we have one of the best children's programs that are out there called Orange. Orange partners with parents to bring their children up in the instruction of the Lord. Paul is telling Timothy, look, stick to the word. Even the word that you had when you were growing up, it was taught to him by his mother and his grandmother. Spend time with your children in the word yes go for soccer glory to god go for hockey glory to god spend time teach them how to have a quiet time with the lord teach them how to pray teach them how to worship this is critical Why? Because when they go to university, there are ideas and philosophies out there that will try to pry them away from their devotion to God. The onus is on parents. You're wondering, how can I do it? Ask the Holy Spirit for grace. We are partnering with parents in the Orange program. I'm going to have a sermon before September concerning parenting and um, concerning bringing up children in the ways of the Lord. I'm going to have that sermon. God has placed it on my heart. Church, it's really, really important. I'm telling you, ch- church, parents, it is critical that you teach your children how to pray. We can do our part here we will do our part by all means we love your children we will help your children we'll give them great programs but you spend most of your time with your children and folks there's a limited window with children when they are 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 they will come to church when you say come to church They get 14 15 16 17 18 they'll ask you why So you have to take advantage of that opportunity you have and bring them up in the Holy Scriptures so that they know the Word. Because if they know the Word, then they are inoculated from deception. Somebody say amen. Amen. Finally, be vigilant in checking teachings out in line with the Scriptures. And I'm saying this in all humility, check the things I say out. If I bring a teaching, check it out. Go back and search the scriptures. Pastor Bob brings a teaching, check it out. You hear something from Benny Hinn, check it out. You hear something from Joyce Meyer, check it out. You hear something from Kenneth Copeland, check it out. Scripture, Acts 17, says, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness. Now, by the way, this was a message that Paul taught. Okay? Paul was teaching them. He was preaching to them. But it says that the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Why? They received the message with great eagerness. That's one. And secondly, they examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That is how you inoculate yourself against deception. Check it out. Check it out. It means you have to be a student of the word. It means you have to study to show yourself approved. It means you have to spend time with God, to have a quiet time with him. A time that, you know, this aspect of the gates and the gates of intimacy, it's all about spending time with him. Church, I'm here to encourage you. God has warned us about deception, self-deception, the deceitfulness of sin, the deceitfulness of riches. He's warned us about deceptive signs and wonders, and today he's warning us about deceptive teaching. Have I covered it entirely? No. But I've given you a few nuggets. I want to encourage you. You can go back online, listen to the sermon again. I want you to take notes, but if you take this to heart, you will inoculate yourself against deception. Jesus said, beware. deception the Holy Spirit says beware of deception be on your guard did you get something today amen praise God praise God so I want us to just bow our heads now And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this hour to help you to be a student of the Word, to love the Word, to stare in you a love for the Word. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now to open your ears, to hear the voice of, the whole, of his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be able to discern his voice. I want you to ask him to give you a spirit of revelation and wisdom so that you will know him Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you love us and you warn us about some of the signs of the end time. Thank you for warning us about deception. I pray for myself and for everyone that hears the sound of my voice the Lord, you will lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake, that you will stare in us a desire, a passion for you and for your word, for your Holy Spirit. Incline our hearts to desire you, to desire righteousness and your kingdom and the things of God. Oh Father. I pray that you protect your beloved from the wiles of the enemy. Block their ears from the voice of the enemy and the deceiving spirits. Make them deaf to the counsel of the enemy and the counsel of deceptive spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. Give them a discerning heart to be able to discern the voice of the spirit from the voice of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I pray for them. My heart's desire, Lord, is that we will all be on fire for you, living for you. That will be conformed to the image and stature of Jesus. My heart's desire, Lord, is that we'll fulfill your good pleasure will walk and lead lives worthy of you, fruitful unto every good work. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. Keep your people. Protect your people from the enemy. In the name of Jesus, Father, let your hand be upon each one of us. I thank you that none will be lost. I pray for our children who are growing up in this wicked world, that, Lord, you direct their hearts to love you. I pray for parents to give them the grace, the ability from heaven to be able to communicate spiritual truths to them like Abraham did to Isaac and Isaac did to Jacob and Timothy's mom and grandmother did to him that they'll be able to break the truths of your word to their precious ones that you have entrusted to them. I pray for aunties and uncles who may have influence on nieces and nephews. I pray for grandmothers and grandfathers who have influence, that you give them opportunity and grace to bring people up in the instruction of the Lord. I pray for this house, May the word that comes forth be a transparent word, a clear word, an unadulterated word, a word that is truth for the sake of your beloved. May the word impact not only the people that come in, but hear the sound of our voice. May this word in this house impact our generation. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you thanks. And the beloved together said... Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.